Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast. Joining me in a couple of minutes is Denard Walker, former LSU cornerback and nine-year NFL veteran. We're going to talk about LSU's loss in the season opener to Mississippi State, as well as what's going on with the Vikings and the Titans, two of Denard's former teams, closing their facilities in wake of a couple of positive COVID-19 tests. Back to LSU, though, the Tigers gave up 623 passing yards to Mississippi State on Saturday. There are no players back from the title-winning team, which I think maybe we were hoping wouldn't present a challenge to Coach O and the Tigers, but after Saturday, it seems to be a bigger issue than the offseason let on. The question is, is LSU ready to be a team like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, the teams that don't rebuild, the teams that reload? Those teams routinely put eight, nine, 10 guys annually into the draft. They lose coordinators, they lose coaches. Nick Saban has had his staff turned over with both coordinators multiple times in the last half decade. But every year, they're right there again because they've built that consistent level of expectation no matter who is on the field and clearly LSU is not there yet. But the hope is that they will be. With a quick message from our sponsor, Bet Online, a reminder, while you might not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Joining me now is former LSU cornerback and nine-year NFL veteran, Denard Walker. Welcome in, Denard. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I love, thanks for the uh, opportunity to be on your show. Any opportunity to talk some LSU football, I'm here for it. Let's talk about some of the things that went well for the Tigers on Saturday and didn't go so well for the Tigers. What did you see that you liked? Wow. Let's, you you fit to go right on into it. So, <laughs> well, the first thing, of course, is who's going to replace the legend, Joe Burrow. That was the biggest question mark that I had. And of course, I'm a big fan of Miles Brennan. I love him. He's waited three years for this opportunity. The bright spot was Miles. He played great, and I was proud of him. I thought a lot of guys, they gave him a lot of love after the game. I think people need to know if there's one guy that can replace a legend, it is Miles Brennan because he put up some great numbers. He showed grit, and he showed that he can lead this team to the promised land and that he can carry this team but he's got a lot of young guys around him, and that's going to be a problem in 2020 for the LSU Tigers. Seems like this isn't maybe going to be a, a back-to-back championship winning year. What will it take to level set? It's going to be tough this year, you know, because unfortunately they are going to have to rebuild this year. Unlike Alabama, they're not getting five-star recruits every year, year in and year out. I know people, it's hard to believe that. But if you look at Alabama, the landscape of their recruiting, they go everywhere to get guys. I mean, they went to Hawaii and got to a, you know, a few years back. You got a great quarterback in Mac Jones, who's basically just playing lights out. I mean, basically that team could have put 60 or 70 points on Missouri the other night, Saturday night. And they look better now. They look better this year than they looked last year. And that's what Mac at quarterback. So LSU's not getting that. I mean, let's just be honest. They're not getting 
five-star report and five-star recruits. I'll give you an example was Justin Jefferson coming out of high school out of St. Rose, Louisiana. Now, he might be a number one draft pick for the Vikings this year, and he, he lit it up the other day. So congratulations to my man. But he was a one-star recruit. And a lot of people don't know both of his brothers. His brother was a starting quarterback there years ago at LSU, Jordan Jefferson. So what they're going to have to do this year is they're going to have to find an identity because it's going to be tough from here on out. And they got to play a tough Vanderbilt team this week that these guys basically can take them down as well. So mm. this is a team right now that I don't see basically being, I wouldn't say they're not, they're going to be relevant. But as far as winning the SEC, that SEC West, I don't see that happening this year. Obviously, giving up 623 passing yards, the defense is a big issue this year. What did you see that you did not like? You just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me just say this. As a former Tiger and a part of that legacy called DBU. We don't refer to ourselves as LSU Tigers. We refer to ourselves as the DBU. We've been referring to ourselves, uh, that slogan has been with us from years on uh, down the line. And what we witnessed the other day was something that people haven't saw in years. I don't know if I've ever seen that in all the years that I've been covering LSU sports. And in saying that, it was, I was literally crying because they Mississippi State came in with a graduate transfer, KJ Costello, who had an up and down career at Stanford. He went into Tiger Stadium and basically put on a show. Six, 30, 36 for 60 for 620, 623 yards passing. They had three receivers over 100 yards. That is not the LSU brand. That's not an identity of the LSU program. And it's not a part or it's not accepted as part of being what we call the DBU standard. And the reason that that happened, number one, is they have to replace a legend from last year in Grant Delpit, who won the Thorpe Award and is now with Cleveland. Christian Fulton is now, he's in Tennessee, basically playing lights out. And Derek Stingley Jr. illness. So right now you had three starters from last year. They're not there. So the biggest question mark that I had, you only had one starter coming back this year in Jacoby Stevens. So again, that left a guy by the name of Jay Ward young man who's just a sophomore, basically he'd been banged up all camp and he had to step in and play at the last minute for Stingley who had an illness all of a sudden Friday night. So he didn't even know he was gonna play or not. And he had to play and he was gritty, but again, it was just too much. And then when you looked at that secondary again, uh, Cordero Flott, the other young sophomore, they just was giving up too many explosive plays. And when you're giving up that many explosive plays you cannot win in the sec nor can you compete in this conference uh, that will get you beat uh, every saturday and i don't care who you play for or who's your coach that just can't happen i'm gonna hit you with a fact that i read over the weekend because i looked into this lsu has been playing football in the sec for almost 90 years and not once ever in the history of the sec has a quarterback thrown for more yards than kj costello did on saturday in tiger stadium he had something to prove let's just throw it out there exactly <laughs> um now moving on to two of your other former teams the tennessee titans have closed their facilities until saturday after three players and five team personnel members tested positive for the coronavirus and the vikings another one of your former teams have also uh closed their facilities what have you heard well, anything yet, I actually read the story this morning. So a lot of things because of the uh, 
the laws. They can't necessarily give out names. But that was what we feared as sports fans. That's the one thing, especially having a son that plays, and I understand the COVID protocols and what they're doing in college and in the pros. But that's the biggest fear that we had this season just like we saw with baseball. When they started baseball going, everything was good until a couple teams got hit with a large amount of, or X amount of guys that were got exposed to COVID-19. And all of a sudden we saw where they had to shut down some games in here. They had to move some games here and there. Then it was like all over the place. Then they had to stop for a while. Then they restarted. And that was the one thing that I was saying, I wonder what will happen if someone, just one person gets exposed to the virus, how will that affect uh, the season going, going forward? And now we see that because now the Titans were playing about as good as anybody in the league other than Kansas City. Those are the two top teams I had in the AFC, the same two teams that played in the AFC Championship last year, both playing lights out. And now all of a sudden you, you got all these X amount of guys that got exposed, now they got to stop. So now you can't have practice, There's you can't have meetings. And now so... Think about the next. So think about the Steelers, you know, mm-hmm. you're probably saying who we play next. You know, you just don't know. So right now that's was the biggest fear. So now we're going to see how they're going to go forward with this thing. I have no answer now because this was what they was hoping that wouldn't happen. And now that it's happened, now we're going to see what the, how the league is going to respond to this adversity. Yeah. As you mentioned, your son, he plays, he's at the university of Oklahoma. Are you worried yes. for him at all? And all the young men that are playing alongside of him? I do because we've never seen this before. We're living in unprecedented times. I've never, I'm 47 years old, Megan, and I've never seen anything like this. I, I could not envision as a, a college athlete or as a, or as a pro athlete, someone telling me that we're about to hit a pandemic and all of a sudden just by a guy breathing on you or, you know, a guy sneezing on you or, you know, because when you're playing a game, of course, you can't social distance yourself, especially in a game of football. It's mm-hmm. just the one sport where there's physical contact. That's a part of the game. There's all kinds of stuff that's being passed around on that field, unfortunately. That's the game. There's sweat. There's stuff that I don't even want to discuss. But again, that's the risk that conferences and that this league was willing to take. And now we have basically witnessed the consequences that comes with living in a pandemic. And now you got two teams uh, right now, not just two, now the whole NFL is on alarm because this is not just about Tennessee and Minnesota. This is about other teams as well now. So there's a big question mark there. So I'm anxious to see how the NFL is going to handle this situation. Agreed, because they've got a factor in travel. They've got a factor in families. There's, there's a whole lot of elements involved here. With college, I'm a little bit more concerned because the NFL can remain for the most part in a bubble as long as everybody does their diligence. College athletes are not getting paid to do this sport. So question is, do they adhere to the guidelines or are they going to parties? Are they going to classes? Um, Have you talked to your son since he's been on campus? What has he said? Yeah. One thing they're doing at Oklahoma is I remember we took him down uh, to school this was back in late June. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time that they got all of the uh, players together. And so what they did with the football team is they had what we call time slots. So you had to be, so the freshmen, they reported on a Saturday. And so what happened was they did like a three hour time slot. So we had to be there at one o'clock to drop my son off 
uh, and there was nobody else around. There was coaches or the people that get them placed in the dorm. Uh, they were there, but they made sure everybody had to wear a mask or you had to wear gloves. Uh, and they made sure they distanced themselves. So basically what it was is they made sure that none of the guys were being, um, they were coming at the same time. And then after they got most of the guys uh, together, I think they went down and did the testing and made sure none of the kids were, the young men were exposed to anything. And I know at first that Oklahoma had a, a huge outbreak uh, when this first started. So then they had to make sure that those guys that end up testing positive, that they were not near the facility nor uh, near any other guys so they wouldn't get exposed. But then they got everything under control. So everything in college is like it's like they live in kind of a bubble. They kind of quarantine them. And as far as classes are concerned, they're basically doing the online classes for the most part. So they're just they're trying to keep them away from the general pub uh, at the University of Oklahoma is what they're doing. What advice are you giving your son as he navigates his college football career? I would imagine yeah. he looks up to you. Yeah, you know what? I just told him to keep an even keel approach to this. I like to call it the next four or five years of your life. Um, and what you do is don't go too far up because sometimes it's game. If you're not careful, especially when you're young, you can get the big head and you can start thinking it's a lot about you when it's not. Um, but don't go far too down because you will have times where, uh, listen, it's not going to go your way. You're not the most talented kid anymore. There is other young, every guy that puts on that uniform, they're just like you. They got a God-given talent. They have physical attributes just like you. They're built just like you. It's like I told him when I took him to a recruiting uh, trip down to Kansas, I said, look around. You would notice that you're not the biggest kid anymore on the team. Everybody looks just like you. So if you keep that even kill approach, that is what, at least in my opinion, will give you a chance of having success because it teaches you not to go too far or don't stray ahead, but to stay right there in the moment. Because if you stay in the moment, you stay with the process, I think that's the key to having success uh, in college athletics as well as in pro sports as well. This podcast is really all about authenticity. I love to ask the question of every guest, was there ever a moment in your personal or professional life that changed the trajectory for your career? You know, that, those moments that you realize you're not being authentic to who you are or you are and you stand your ground. And what did you learn from it? Well, really for me, I'll be honest with you, was when I got into the NFL, I actually shared this story. I, I was very fortunate. I, I really don't, um, I don't covet or anything like awards or anything. I don't necessarily, I don't like personal awards. I kind of like things that have to do with the team or team oriented. But when I got into the NFL, I noticed one thing that you said was authenticity. You wanted to hear the truth about, you know, my own personal experience. I actually feel like a lot of young men need to hear this but I actually lost myself a sense of who I was when I got into the National Football League. Uh, I had some issues that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deal with, um, that something unfortunately happened while in college, and it, it kind of changed the trajectory in my career in that I felt like I went, instead of going up, I went down. And what I mean by that is I feel like so many times as athletes, people put, they just label you an athlete and they forget that you are a person. That's one of the things I love about the NFL is when they recognize things like mental health week or excuse me, mental health month or breast care, breast 
Cancer Awareness Month. That is important because I think we overlook that when we look at these young men, we just think that they're superstars, they make all of this money and they don't have any problems and their, their world is always great and they eat all of this organic food and everything is catered to them and that's not the case. We're just like anybody else. Every young man that puts that uniform on, he comes from sometimes a, a really bad situation. You don't know uh, his upbringing. And we're just like anybody else. We experience the same things, the same pitfalls. We fall into things. I think, unfortunately, with athletes is when they get in trouble, unlike most of us, their situations are exposed to the public, which actually adds on you know, more anxiety and I actually lost a sense of who I was. And it wasn't until I got out of the game and realized that I needed some help and realized that dealing with mental issues is like dealing with having the flu. It's a part of your overall health is where I actually got better and learned who I was as a person again. Because so many people when I was playing, they just saw Denard Walker, the athlete. Mm -hmm. They didn't see the person. And unfortunately, there's a thing called under the mask. Under the mask is you. People just see the mask and the number. And it's so important, I think, for the general public to realize that athletes are athletes, but they're people first. You know, they hurt just like you. They go through things. They deal with the same issues that you deal with every day. Unfortunately, everything that an athlete does and we know that comes with the game is is exposed to the public and that's why everybody feels like they have an opinion when it comes to a guy who's you know it's kind of like with Colin Kaepernick everybody has their opinion about what is wrong what is right why he's doing this why he's not because people feel compelled like they have a, a right to judge you and that's not the case that's not and no one knows you better than you know yourself so what exactly. advice do you have for you know, young men, women, athletes out there who are maybe facing something that they are ashamed to talk about and are battling the person behind the mask and the outward person? That's a great question. I wish somebody would have basically said that to me about 20 years ago. It would have kept me out of a lot of pitfalls. I would tell young people all the time, and I would say this is number one, keep your inner circle tight. Keep the people that you had in your life keep them close and don't add a lot of new people in, especially, unfortunately, when you start having success, people have a tendency to gravitate towards you and they're not grabbing, gravitating towards you because of uh, who you are, but it's they're gravitating towards you because of what you do. And so I would tell if you are having an issue, deal with it. You know, it's like a scar. You know, if you don't, if you just, you know, nick yourself or run into the wall and you got a real bad scratch, you don't leave it. If you don't clean it up, it gets worse. But if you clean it, if you get deep inside of that, in those pores and, and get some, I don't know, Neosporin or whatever, Neosporin, <laughs> just, just deal with it. You know, if you don't deal with things, it gets worse. And always remember that, you know, your health is your wealth. It, you can go out on a field, you can go on a court, you can score 80 million, you can get 50 million, $100 million. That doesn't, that's not the cure for your, for your, your overall health. That just basically gives you some kind of comfort, but it has no effect on you as far as where you at mentally. And that's the most important thing because what you think is who you are, what you think is what you're going to do. So always just always remember that it's okay to ask for help. 
because we all are human beings. We all need it. When you say help, are you referring to getting therapy? Everything. You know, yeah. I've always said that, you know, from my own experience, there was years where I could remember when I got to Denver, I would always, my heart was, I always, I've always said that when my heart is telling me to do something, it's telling me that for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I got to, uh, for the Broncos, there was a lady who was a clinical psychologist there. And one of the things that Coach Janahan, he always talked about was sometimes the reason that she's here, uh, she's here for you guys. She's here for coaches too. We go through things. We, unfortunately, we have a lot of pressure on us. And he said one day, I talked to her. So if I go to her when I'm having issues, then it's okay for you to go to her as well. And, and everything that you say to her is confidential. You don't have to worry about it, you know, things getting out. And I think so many times we, we are ashamed of some of the things that we're doing or we got caught up into doing. But when you don't get help, things only get worse. And I would tell a lot of young people, if you're feeling something that feels abnormal, that's really something's telling you something is wrong. So address that situation, address that, address that ASAP so it don't get worse. And I think so many young people are afraid to go ask for help. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. It's like going to the doctor. You know, you have to go sometimes in order to get well. And it's the same thing if there's something going on in your life. Don't be afraid to address that issue. I think that's really important. It's also important not only for young people to hear, but people of all ages, because there's such a stigma around talking about the things that we carry. And we all carry issues from our childhood, from our upbringing, from our parents. And it's just such a relief to be able to not have to carry it all. Unpack it, talk to somebody about it, and it will help you down the line. I had no idea that this conversation was going to take this path, no, and I'm really great. loving it. I feel like we're on Dr. Phil. That's the realness about it. You know, I just yes. think so many people, they... They, they like to avoid these kind of subjects because sometimes they're either ashamed or they just don't want people to know their business. You know, I've always said your health, your health is your wealth. You're only as, you're only as strong as you are, what you think, how you feel, because how you think is typically how you feel. If you feel, if you think bad things, you're going to feel bad. But if you think positive things, if, you know, you're going to feel positive things, even when things are not good. I'm sure at LSU right now, people down there, they're, they're really thinking bad things. But guess what? It's not as bad as it seems. It's just a game at the end of the day. And that's why I tell a lot of young people, remember, this game is just for fun. It's not life and death. I know sometimes people take this game too seriously. I mean, I did for years where it actually made me sick at times. Don't do that. That's just, that's just absolutely something that you can't do. Uh, well, before I take up, I promised you I would only take 25 to 30 minutes of no, your time. So before I let you go, what are your predictions for LSU week two? Oh, boy. After what I witnessed from week one, <laughs> I think, you know what? The SEC, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think they're going to rebound this game. I, I think Daryl Stingley Jr. is going to be back. I think the secondary, I think Coach Raymond – uh, who's been a mentor, uh, former LSU defensive back, who's been coaching those great secondaries for a long time. He's going to get those young guys ready because if there's anybody that really epitomizes DBU, it's Corey Raymond, who's the defensive back coach down there at LSU. He's going to get those guys like Jay Ward and Cordell. He's got his stud, his All-American, Derek Stingley, coming back. I think also with Jacoby Stevens, his veteran leadership, 
I think LSU is going to get a victory this week. I think they're going to start playing better. And again, I think Miles Brennan is going to emerge as a star in this league. Well, thank you so much for your time. I thank hope you. you are right. I would love to see LSU get a W. Me too. It's been a pleasure. And keep me updated with anything going on with the Titans and the Vikings in week four of the NFL. I definitely will. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thanks, Sonar. Talk to you soon. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast, now available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Meng Cluth. If you enjoyed this episode, please download it and share with others. Subscribe to be notified when new episodes air, visit MeganCluth.com to get in touch, head over to my YouTube page to watch my latest interviews, and stay tuned for more great conversations. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.